Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast, right here on SB Nation. And yes, unfortunately, we are talking today about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season being over after a 31 to 14 wild card loss to the Dallas Cowboys. We will get into what exactly went wrong for the Bucks in that game, the subsequent firing of Byron Leftwich, and the other changes this team might go through this offseason. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this dynamic duo. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Bucks Nation is on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation, and BucksNation.com has all of the latest news surrounding all of the coaching changes and everything involving the Buccaneers this offseason. And with me every single week, I'm going to call him the true playoff Lenny. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He's the one. He's the only. Len Martez. What's up, man? Tampa Bay. Don't sweat. Time to watch some hockey. Time to get ready for some baseball, baby. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to give you two numbers. 186. You have no idea what that is. No. But I'm going to give them to you. And I'm going to tell you what there is. The number of wins the Rays had the last two years. <laughs> Let's go Rays. Let's go Rays. Let's go Rays. Can I give you another number? 400. Steven Samco scores his 400th goal. There you go. go. Stamatide. Stamatide. It's shocking that Lynn is more upbeat now that the season is over. Because I knew it was over five weeks ago. I mean, both of us, both of us said that the Bucks could win. I said that I thought that they would. No, nah, dude. I mean, How, no, 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 no. You said that they could. I'm going to ask you were, you, were you surprised that seemingly from the start, it looked like they had no shot? I'm, I'm going to give you the money quote. All right? I'm going to give you the money quote from soon-to-be former Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. Kind of how we played all season long. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. Now, you might say emotion, game just ended, potentially his time in Tampa Bay may just ended. And again, you know, it's still raw. You know, the loss, the way things went down, the way that they looked, the fact that he threw a career-high 66 passes and they still lost. And the fact that they looked lackluster in a playoff game at home on the grandest stage there is, right? Monday Night Football, ESPN. We talked about it last week. So, again, it it could have been still raw. But the dude said it, man. Kind of typical of the way we played all season long. And you know what? People like me. We're like nodding their head, saying, yes, Tom, kind of how you played all season long. I'll say that 
it's hard to, I, at different points in the season, I said it's hard to be surprised by this team whatsoever. And let's be honest, with all the missed extra points, Dallas was almost begging Tom Brady to, to stay in this game and come back on them. Or, or have it come, to a, come down to a kick. Could yeah. you imagine yeah. if it came down to a kick for the Cowboys? I mean, I knew that wasn't going to happen. Let, let, let's be honest. All right. Let's be honest. You say that, and that's cool. Eh, you know, that's fun. We can talk about that. But the reality is <laughs> that game was over at halftime, man. I'll, I'll, to me, when the game was over was the stretch of the game where Tom Brady threw the interception on the in the end zone, and then Dallas came back and scored. That was the one, I believe, where Dak ran it in on fourth down yep. on the on the ensuing drive. And if that doesn't happen, I don't know. If the Bucs score a touchdown there, I'm not going to say that they win the game. But to me, that was the deciding stretch in this football game. That 14-point swing right there. And you almost th- like – Think it's like a think it's like a jinx because ESPN is showing. Oh, it's been so many passes since Tom, Tom Brady's entire time as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. He has not thrown an interception in the red zone, and then it was a horrible mistake. He was trying. He admitted after the game he was trying to throw it away. Did not get enough on the football interception, and then Dallas comes right back down and score and scores and. That to me, I was like, you know what? Maybe there's not the the little bit of magic in this team that I thought that there would there was going to be in this game. Well, you were you were probably in in the minority for the first time in your life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you were in the minority oh, when you said that. <laughs> some of, I mean, look at some of my opinions in the past. That wasn't the first time I was in. I, I had a minority opinion. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking, talking about your, your physical appearance. Oh, <laughs> trust me. I know. I know you know. That's why you're laughing. But, but here's the thing. All right. He threw that interception. And you could say, and, and don't get me wrong. I, 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 don't, I don't disagree as far as, like, the air being taken out of, out of that stadium. And, and when they came down and just scored, and, and I mean, you went from having a potential one-point lead mm-hmm. to trailing by 12 now because my man, <laughs> my man can't, kick, can't kick extra points. But b- bottom line is you're down double digits again, right? Although it's the second quarter, it's still early. But the difference is, and I told you that last week, and I'm, I'm not saying this to say – you didn't believe me, but I said it last week. Dude, you're not playing Carolina anymore. You're not playing Arizona anymore. You can't fall behind against quality teams, right? What did we talk about last week in regards to how they can win this football game? One of them, which they didn't do a lot of because Tom threw it, and I understand they were behind, and I get it. I understand that. But also on the other side of the ball. I mean, I was even surprised with the fact that Dallas was as successful throwing the football the way they were. I think we have to give Dak credit. That's one of the best games I've ever seen Dak play. The Bucs did. They they had some energy. They got some pressure on Dak early. Vita Vea just tossed aside two Dallas linemen and sacked him early in the game. 
but he didn't he didn't get flustered. The moment didn't get to him, and he played great. Here's the thing that that sticks out for me from that game, and it's been a problem. I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, Bucks Nation, we are the nation of domination. You guys have seen it for years, and that is the inability to to stop other teams' tight ends. Yeah. It's been consistent. I mean, no matter who's running this defense, from Mike Smith to Todd Bowles, you pick them, right? Duffner, pick pick the defensive coordinator. Doesn't matter. Bowles had issues. Tight ends, pass catching tight ends, right? And and Monday night that stuck out because CD Land wasn't killing you. Eighty eight wasn't killing nobody. Right? Gallup made a couple of plays. Hilton had a drop, but he might have made a couple of plays too. You were getting busted up by Dalton Schultz. Yep. Not once. Two touchdowns, and he made big plays. He made big catches, big conversions. And 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 Dak made him part of the offense. And surprisingly enough, although they ran the ball for over 100 yards, it wasn't the running game that, that crushed the box. It was it was Dak. And yeah, give him credit. I'm still not like he's gonna have to do it again. I know we're talking about Dak now. He's gonna have to do it again this weekend against San Francisco on Sunday for me to say, hey, because right, one of the first things we said last week, and one of the last things we said last week was, Where's this game? Where's this big game? Where's the game where you said, Man, they should have lost, but they won because of Dak? That's not Monday night. Monday night, they were supposed to win. Monday yeah. night, they were the favorite to win. Although yeah. they were on the road and they were lower seated, they were only lower, lower seated because of the fact that the Bucs won the division. The Bucs were 8 and 9. All right? Cowboys are 12 and 5. They were supposed to win that football game. On Sunday, when they were in Levi's, when they're in Levi Stadium, four point underdogs. Okay, when they're playing the second-seeded Niners, that's a game that they're not supposed to win. Cowboys, Cowboy Nation, Cowboy fans, you can drink as much that Kool-Aid you want. The reality is that's a game you're not supposed to win. If they go out and win on Sunday and that plays well, then we can say, hey, man, check, boom. And listen, he wouldn't be the first guy that there was questions about winning big games. Hell, just last year, the guy that won the Super Bowl, right? I questioned him. Yep. Matthew Stewart. Or Matthew Stafford, right? When I get Matt Stewart, I don't know who Matt Stewart is. <laughs> but Matt Stafford, right? Question him, right? Big games. Where's this big game at? Granted, he may not play in a lot of big games in Detroit. But he never had him. And finally, he had him last year. And quite frankly, I'm still not the biggest fan, but that's a whole other subject. He's got a ring. Um, Man, don't start that. Let's start throwing I, names at you. Throw. Joe Flacco's got a ring, too. Is he elite? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about 
I th- there's not much more to to break down from the game specifically. In my well, we got opinion. big news though. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. We'll we'll get to the we'll get to the left witch thing, but I want to get to the immediate aftermath of the game and everything surrounding Tom Brady. After the game, his parents are on the field. He goes and embraces both of his parents. His mom is is wiping away tears. Uh, and then at the end of his press conference after the game at Raymond James Stadium on Monday night, he sends a thank you to the Tampa Bay media for everything since he's been there in Tampa Bay. And there have been different reports out there from Pewter Report saying that, you know, before Monday night, I think Rick Stroud even said this as well, they were thinking that it was possible that Tom could, could could stay in Tampa Bay. But now, based on the way that things ended and, and that message, they don't think they don't think it's so so likely. I know you for a long time this season have been saying that you think Tom plays again next year and that you think he plays for a different team. Is the way that everything ended does the way that everything ended on Monday night give you more no. credence to that. It's just the same it's just the same thought no, you thought change all anything. No, it doesn't change anything. Listen, the reality is a chapter ended for him. All right? Whether it's the last chapter in the book, so to speak, or it's one of the final chapters, all right, that he's getting to. In the end, his career in Tampa Bay for all intents and purposes, is over, right? He's a free agent, all right? We alluded to it. The offensive coordinator he worked with, winning the Super Bowl and worked with this year, just got fired. Team's making changes. All right, so with all that, yeah, he, he has to embrace the fact on Monday night that things won't be the same. The coming season, next season, whether he plays or he doesn't play, things won't be the same. So when you look at what happened in regards to his family and, and the way things ended, look, for them, again, something ended. And it was an emotional year for Tom and his entire family absolutely. as well. Ab- absolutely. I mean, on and off the field, whether the lack, lack of success you know, was was basically, a, you know, a storyline and also his personal life and what he went through, you know, off the field and his personal life and his family life. So all that, you know, probably was like a for the family, for him, knowing what they know, and obviously we're just speculating, I'm speculating here, but it's like, it's a sigh of relief. And yeah, that emotion comes out for him because of all the things that happened this time last year, right? Same thing, speculation. After they lose to the Rams, is he going to come back? Is he going to play another year? He was gonna, if he was going to play, he was going to play in Tampa Bay because he, he had another year under contract, right? But the question was, was he going to retire? And obviously he retired and came back. But that in itself, 12 months ago, caused where he's at now. 
Because think about it. 12 months ago, we didn't know everything in regards to what went on in his personal life and what the decision of him coming back to play football caused off the field, right? Because, I mean, it's a speculation, but you would think that that was the 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 straw that broke the camera's back in regards to his personal life and what it happened. Ta- to his it family. doesn't take a scientist to kind of put two and two together. I mean, it could, like I said, you, you, there, you there, I'm sure there there are other factors, but it's not too hard to read into that. Again, it may have been the, 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 the straw that broke the camera's back, or maybe it was the foundation of it all. Bottom line is, if he doesn't play this year, right, maybe he's not dealing with what he's dealing with from a personal standpoint. Which, again, I'm not telling you he's thinking in these terms, but think about it. Played all his career. Had his first losing season, right? Team went 8-9. Loses in the first round. Had everything that happened prior to that. Everything that's going on. And then on top of that, getting the issue he had as far as his family life's concerned, and let's say getting divorced during the season. Yep. All right. All of that. Now, I'm not telling you that winning a Super Bowl would have made everything better for him. But damn, dude, you got to think in terms again. First losing season, went 89. And what did I get out of this? A divorce? Come on, man. Do you think, to you, is it a 0% chance that he's back with the Bucks for another year? He's done. Chapter close. close. New chapter. So do you you said that you think he plays. I'll put it to you, I'll put it to you like this. Do you think that there's do you say it's a hundred percent chance that he comes back, or do you think that there's a chance that that's the end for Tom Brady? Because originally scale, I originally one to ten, it's at least an eight, eight point five. Okay. Cause I was originally gonna ask you if there's a if there's more of a chance that he retires or more of a chance that he's back with the Buccaneers. And you obviously don't think either of those is the most likely option. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's. Even, no, I don't even think that's even close. Like, if you ask me, scale of one to ten, I don't know that I would even give you a one. I think, and I would be I've been wrong plenty of times, but I'd be completely shocked based off the changes that's going on with this football team, and based off the season that they had. I see this team moving on and moving moving on not only from the coaching staff standpoint, but from the quarterback standpoint. Raiders, most likely destination in your mind? I mean, it doesn't really. I mean, it's too early to tell, man, because you got you got other things that's going on. He's not the only he's not the only veteran quarterback that could potentially leave a football team. Lord knows there's another guy that wears number 12 that, you know, Sports a man bun some days and, you know, wants to eat, you know, cow peas or whatever he wants to do and, you know, turn up. There's also, there's also a guy. Seances and all different kinds of stuff. I don't know what he does in this person. I'm just kidding. But the guy obviously I'm talking about is Aaron Rodgers who, who, who claims, Hey, that 50 million doesn't mean anything to me. We'll see. There's also a guy who wears number eight, who's, future is is up in the air too who who his team just had an early playoff exit i think that's probably less likely to move and Lamar, cousins no speaking of lamar jackson, <laughs> lamar jackson. <laughs> daniel jones <laughs> yeah. you said number eight 
It's, I mean, number that number eight didn't have an early, uh, didn't have an early. No, you're right. Effects. You're right. <laughs> but honestly, when you start saying number eight, I mean, Lamar's not the first number eight I think of because <laughs> he hasn't played in a month, <laughs> six weeks. <laughs> All right, let's 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 talk about the Byron Leftwich situation. Um, reports came out that it was put in. There were things put in place to where. The Bucks possibly had to plan to move on from him during the season, but that ultimately ultimately didn't happen. They stuck with they stuck with Byron Leftwich. There were reports that they had already talked to and researched some names last offseason in the case that Byron took the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching job. Byron Leftwich led this team with Tom Brady to some very successful offensive seasons and a Super Bowl title to the point that he was a very big head coaching candidate last offseason and to the point where I said when Bruce Arians retired that I thought it would have been a better move for the Bucks to make Byron the head coach as opposed to Todd Bowles. Now, the jury is still out there on whether this Todd Bowles experiment will work, will work in Tampa Bay, but all signs as of right now point to him still being the head coach because of all of these moves that have been made with him still in power. Lynn, are you surprised ultimately that the Bucks did not make that move during the season? And are you surprised that Byron is ultimately the scapegoat and that the Bucks are retaining Todd Bowles, or at least it seems they are retaining Todd Bowles for at least one more season? No one no. Not surprised that Byron is the quote unquote, for lack of a better term, scapegoat regards to the struggles of the offense this year. And no, I'm not surprised they didn't do it during the season. And I'll tell you one reason why they didn't do it during the season. Probably the biggest reason why. The dude that threw the ball 66 times on on, on Monday night. Tom Brady. Whether he had a say or whether they assumed that he would have a say in regards to having Byron fired in the middle of the season. You're asking Tom Brady, who potentially could be playing this last season. I know I just said he's probably not done, but theoretically, based off of where he's at, 45 years old, last year, last year of his contract, you're asking him to, in the middle of the season, Adapt to a new OC, a new offensive coordinator? Oh, no, dude, that wasn't happening. That was not happening. There may have been the idea that started earlier in the season in regards to, or in the middle of the season, to fire the offensive coordinator when the season ended. But the idea of firing him during the season either was discussed and kiboshed by... Tom Brady, or the idea that if they did, if they didn't or posed the idea to him, he would squash it. He was not again. Think about everything we just discussed in regards to what happened in the middle of the season for Tom Brady, right? And now you're asking him to adapt to a new offensive coordinator? Oh hell no, that wasn't happening, dude. No. You said that you weren't surprised that Todd Bowles is getting another year. 
should Todd Bowles be getting another year? Man, that's a good question. That's a real good question. Here's why I say here's why I say he should. Because for for the current thinking process, for the current atmosphere right now when it comes to the box, right? The idea is, well, all these guys are Bruce's guys, right? Only thing that happened was an elevation to head coach from the defensive coordinator, right? And Todd adapted or, you know, adopted a coaching staff that was left for him, right? So now when you're the Bucks, when you're Jason Light, if I'm Jason Light, i said this all this time, dude, when it comes to being a leader, being a boss, being in charge, you know what you do? You remove all the excuses, right? So one of the biggest excuses right now is, well, this isn't my coaching staff. You hear it all the time. College football, right? Yep. Got to win with my guys. These are my recruits, mm-hmm. right? And then the guy gets another chance, gets his recruiting class in, and then either he, either he adapts and wins football games or his ass is out because whether it was with the other recruits from the previous head coach or with your recruits, you lost games by excuses are done. Same thing with Todd Bowles. Okay, you're telling me you want to pick your coaching staff? Here we go. You better not go eight and nine again. Okay, but here's the thing too, because that eight and nine, maybe <laughs> as good as it gets. Yeah, that might be the, that might be the ceiling. The expectations aren't going to be nearly as high as they were going into this season. I mean, unless there's something on the horizon when it comes to somebody that's going to be taking the snaps that I don't know about. Dude, everybody wants to worry about who's over the corner, who's over the corner. Okay, you better worry about who the quarterback is. Because, granted, they're in the NFC South. Okay? But while you're winning football games and you certainly won a Super Bowl, God bless. Those other teams, right? For the most part, think in terms of this. Maybe not New Orleans, but Carolina and Atlanta, they're building foundations, dude. They may be losing organizations now, but you can't you can't screw up drafts when you're like the Panthers and you're the Falcons drafting where they're drafting. So you have to hit on those picks. And you know what? For the most part, they've done, they've done okay. And while you're here in Tampa Bay, right? Picking 28th, picking 30th, picking late. And that comes with success. Great. Fantastic. But now, what are you doing now? Looking for a quarterback. And I don't know that that answer's on the roster right now. It's going to be very interesting to see. Like, if you're asking me right now, I think, I think if you're Jason Light, I think you have to go into the season with Kyle Trask as your starting quarterback. Because if you, why did you, unless you saw something in the first couple of years that you had him that 
completely made you change your mind on why you drafted him, it's it's now. It's crap or get off the pot time. When Tom Brady retired, I said that they needed to do it this year. I said if he wasn't going to be the starter this year, he was never going to be the starter. And I fully believe that now. If he ain't the starter to start the Labor Day weekend in or the weekend after Labor Day in 2023, Kyle Trask ain't ever going to be the the starter for this football team. Um, the only caveat that, I, that I'll add is this, and that is stranger things have happened. And when I say that, I mean the fact that you don't know who potentially could be available when it comes to the quarterbacks this offseason, right? Because you're watching guys all of a sudden, there's a seventh-round pick mm-hmm. that is potentially going to have the job in San Francisco moving forward, all right? I mean, they play on Sunday. They win that game on Sunday. I mean, you think in terms of that seventh-round pick, and I'm talking about Brock Purdy, taking that team to a Super Bowl, and not just being a guy that's like, hey, give me a seat. I want to sit on this bus. We're going to the Super Bowl. He's not just riding that bus, dude. Okay, He's playing well. And he's driving that thing, okay? And, and, and he will have played more than Trey Lance. He will have more NFL experience than Trey Lance, too. Lance certainly is, is a viable option, okay? But I'm thinking more in terms of the other guy that got hurt. Oh, that guy's gone. Garoppolo, it's, it's Purdy or Lance. Garoppolo's my point. to my a different point team. Is, that's not my point. My point is, is that you don't know what's available. You don't know what may become available to you all right, this offseason, if you're a team looking for a quarterback. A I'm sorry, but for- if you're the Buc- if you're the Bucks and you and you believe in Kyle Trask, you can't go get you can't go out and get you Jimmy don't know Garoppolo. about Trask yet. That's number one. Number two is here's a veteran quarterback who you may able to use until you know about Kyle Trask. When you when are you gonna know? Like he's been in your he's to me, no. Look at the, the age of the no. starting quarterback in the AF. You can't if, – if Kyle Trask is ever going to start for your football team, you can't go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're going to go out and get Aaron Rodgers or you're going to go out and get Lamar Jackson, heck, even if you're going to go out and get Derek Carr, that's a different situation. But to me, I just don't see that scenario. But I will say you – may, You may not see that scenario, but that scenario was playing out in, in San Francisco this year. And granted – But that's because like, Lance got hurt. Let me finish. He may have been on the contract, but the bottom line is he was still on the roster before Lance got hurt. So he was there. The point is, is that they may bring a veteran in here who is ready to play as opposed to a guy who you don't know is ready to play. You may push that envelope in regards to Kyle Trask's concern. And I told you last week, you're not going to find out about Kyle Trask, him playing in a week 18 game they don't know squat about Kyle Trask other than what he's done at, at that building they don't know yet All I think right? they'll bring I think they'll bring in a veteran quarterback I just don't I think that there's going to be enough of a market for a guy for Garoppolo specifically that some team will sign him to be their star as yeah, an I got example you. okay as an example I said you don't know what's going to be available do you not listen to the podcast said, you don't know what could become available. I threw him out as an example of one guy. One guy. 
I will say this about the bowls, the bowls situation. It's, I just can't, we talked about this a little bit last week with the way that this season went and the way that Todd Bowles tenure went in New York. I'm starting to wonder if Todd Bowles is a defensive coordinator and not a head coach. It's just hard for me to imagine this, a team winning a Super Bowl with Todd Bowles as, as, as the head man. That's just, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that right now, but it's obviously not going to happen. Before we close out, I do want to talk about some of the names that have been bandied about in terms of the offensive coordinator. There's been multiple lists out there reported, and I'll tell you right now, one of the most popular names absolutely scares me. The three names that have been mentioned the most by multiple outlets are former Houston Texans head coach and current Alabama Crimson Tide offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator, and Georgia back-to-back national champion offensive coordinator Todd Munkin, and recently fired Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich. The Bill O'Brien thing absolutely scares me. When you are in a situation where every single Alabama fan would be cheering if he took the Bucks job. No, I don't, I, 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 as a Bucks fan, I just, I, I don't like the O'Brien idea. And that one is very popular because that's the one that's been reported that the Bucks were in conversations and had made a plan that that was, would have been the leading candidate to take the offensive coordinator job. Should Byron Lethwich have taken the Jaguars head coaching job last off season. Munkin and Reich, I'll be honest, like I would almost, I like both of those hires. I would almost rather have both of them as head coach than Bowles, but I like both of those names. O'Brien, stay away with a 10 foot pole unless you're trying to tank. Couple of things. One is in regards to Todd Bowles and, and, and the statement you made in regards to him being nothing more than a defensive coordinator in this league. And right now, I can't argue that, but I will tell you this much. You said in regards to him being a Super Bowl winning head coach. I don't care who the head coach is on this football team in, in, in the, the, the future. All right. This team's not in a position to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. That's number one. Number two is when it comes to the names that are being thrown in regards, thrown around in regards to replacing Byron Leftwich. One guy you failed to mention is Joe Brady, who's current uh, Bill's, Quarterback coach who I actually hadn't seen his name reported. I, his, I, his name, I like his name's Brady been brought idea. up. His name's been brought up. Uh, former Carolina Panthers offense coordinator uh, parted ways with with that one. <clears throat> Matt Rule fired him, and obviously, obviously, he, he coached LSU to a offense offense coordinator there, and was a national champion there under Ed Orgeron and, and Joe Burrow. As far as the offense coordinator is concerned. You can throw all the names out there you want. And I'm not saying you. I'm talking about everyone else. Here's the thing. And the success in L.A., the Rams, the success in New York with the Giants, and the lack of success with the Jets have shown you the names don't matter. What you need to do is make sure that quarterback and that O.C. are on the same page. Okay, that's the key. Okay, you have to have an OC that is ready to mold and adapt his offense to how well 
this player, the coach of quarterback, how well he does certain things. That's the bottom line. Whether it's what Sean McVay showed you with Matthew Stafford, or whether it's Brian Dable who's showing you what he's able to do with Daniel Jones, or whether it's Mike LaFleur who's not able to give you anything when it comes to Zach Wilson, and they weren't on the same page. That lack of success has shown you it can blow up in your face, or you can have the success, the success I mentioned with those other quarterbacks and offensive coordinators. All the names don't matter. What matters is the relationship of the quarterback that you still have to pick and the OC that you still have to pick. And again, that OC has to be able and flexible to get the best out of that quarterback, no matter who it is. Do any of the road teams win in the divisional round? Oh, yeah. Which one? Or which one? I think the Giants. I think the Giants could potentially beat Philadelphia. It's a divisional game. Wow. They played them tough. They played them tough with their with their second string in, in week 18. And as impressive as they were last week against Minnesota, and I know Minnesota's defense is certainly not the Eagles' defense, a defense that had 70 sacks last last uh well, this past season, and the Eagles are getting healthy, but Hurts is a little banged up. And look, I mean, I said it last year when it happened when he was here playing it, Ray J. Dude hasn't won a playoff game yet. We'll see. I, to be completely honest with you, I think all the home teams win. Surprising, you know, the team I think might have the best chance is actually Jacksonville. And I, the, the momentum that they have, I honestly think uh, the Bills might be the closest one, but I think the injuries that the Bills have on the offensive line, I would be more surprised, or the Bengals have in the offensive line, I would be more surprised if the Bengals go into Orchard Park and win than if Jacksonville went into Kansas City and win. We'll be able to preview the conference championships next week. We'll get further into the Bucks' offensive coordinator search and more as the offseason rolls along. Follow Len on Twitter at LMAR810. Follow me on Twitter at TD Experience and check out BucksNation.com. Until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast. <laughs>